You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning, Chicago. You are listening to Fully Alive, the radio program of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity at the Archdiocese of Chicago. It's also a podcast, incidentally, if you're watching us on YouTube. I'm Dawn Fitzpatrick, and with me back from parental leave (laughs) is the illustrious Ray Pingoy. Welcome back, Ray. Hello. Hello, Dawn. Hello, everyone. It's great to be back. It really is. Yep. I mean that. Well, it's great to have you back. (laughs) We, uh, we were limping along in Ray's absence, but, you know, the, the Archdiocese has this wonderful benefit that if you have a baby, you get three months off. And I'll take it. Yes. So I, <laughs> It was I a great that, gift, though. It, it was a great thing for the Arch to have that. Yeah, you know? it was a great gift. Of course, my wife says thank you as well, my whole family. <laughs> we welcomed our, our uh, sixth child, our daughter, Rosie Lourdes, Rosary Lourdes, into the world a good three months ago, uh-huh. four months now. Right, right. That's so. It's such a, a delight. I can't wait to meet her. Of course, I've met your other five children. That's right. So um, I'm looking forward to to meeting her as well pretty soon. So um, anyway, with that in mind, we're um, we have an interesting topic. This is one that um, we really could have started to cover last month, but we didn't. Yeah. So I think it's it's a good thing for us to be talking about. Now, you all who are listening, watching us, are probably pretty aware that um, we're in a very important time here in the pro-life world. There is a case that the, is being heard before the Supreme Court as we speak. Uh, it's Dobbs versus, versus the Jackson Women's Health in Mississippi. And um, it's been said that this case could very well change the outcome of Roe versus Wade or have it overturned. This is historic, um, yeah. It really is. I, I know getting involved in the pro-life work, we never thought we would see this. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And there have been many a case that's tried to make its way to the Supreme Court and they've not, not wanted to hear it. But in this case, they said, yes, we'll hear that. Um, so I think we, we can just get into talking about what that is and why it's a historic time with our, get, our first guest, um, our only guest today, actually. So with us, um, joining us now is Steve Jacobs, who's been the program director of Illinois Right to Life since August of 2019. 
Prior to this role, he graduated with his law degree from Northwestern University School of Law and PhD from the University of Chicago, where he studied the U.S. abortion debate. This year, his law review article, The Future of Roe vs. Wade, Do Abortion Rights End When a Human Life Begins? And his peer-reviewed article, The Scientific Consensus on When a Human Life Begins, will be published. His writing has been featured by Daily Wire, Newsweek, The Federalist, Washington Examiner, and The Hill. And his research on when life begins has been featured in the Breitbart, uh, Quillette, and One American News Network. He's presented to college and law students at the University of Chicago, Northwestern University of S- School of Law, Loyola Loyal University of Chicago, the University of Illinois Champaign-Urbana, and Illinois State University. Wow, that was a lot to say. So welcome, Steve Jacobs. How are you today? Hey, Steve. I'm wonderful. Thank you very much for having me. Well, you know, it's so exciting to have such a well-educated person that I, I mean, that I get to see several times a month um, <laughs> here in our midst who really knows what he's talking about. Yes. Um, well-educated on this topic, uh, certainly a good apologist, a good debater. So um, with all of your credentials, tell us why this is important. Why are we in a historic time? So it, uh, as you had alluded to, this is actually the first direct challenge to Roe v. Wade mm. since the decision was issued in 1973. Mm-hmm. So there have been other cases where the court has discussed abortion and the Roe holding, but not in which they actually squarely reassessed whether or not Roe's holding is constitutional. So this was most clear by the court when they granted the petition to hear this case in okay. the Dobbs case. They actually presented the question, is it always unconstitutional to ban abortion before viability? Because that was the standard that Roe v. Wade set. Okay. And so at, in today's world, what is viability? Yeah. So in 1973, it was set at 28 weeks. And today it's set at 24 weeks as a matter of practice. But we've seen preborn humans survive at the 20th week, the 21st week, as small as nine ounces. But just mm-hmm. as a general rule of thumb, they still use the 24th week. Mm-hmm. And so that it, it basically is just saying that the, the child couldn't live beyond that. So um, why would we worry about it? Right. Isn't that kind of what they said? Yeah, it's it's interesting. So they in 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 the road decision, the court did not know when a human's life began. They mm-hmm. said that there were a bunch of different theories and they rejected Texas. That was the state that had the abortion law at the time um, that banned abortion from fertilization. Mm-hmm. So they had a fertilization standard and the court said we cannot allow the state to restrict women's rights based on the one theory of life. Okay. Now, my my sense of why they chose viability was Also, at the time, states didn't have what are called fetal homicide laws, and that meant that they they prosecuted the the abortive killings of preborn humans, but not the non-abortive killings. So if a man attacked a pregnant woman, causing her to lose her pregnancy, he was not tried for homicide or murder. So therefore, I think the logic of the court might have been that since a viable preborn human once they're born is protected at the time at 28 weeks. Mm -hmm. Similarly, they should be protected from abortion at that time. Nowadays, we actually, a majority of states protect the preborn starting at fertilization with these fetal homicide laws. So now the court has the opportunity to recognize since the preborn are legally recognized and protected as persons starting at fertilization, 
so too can they be protected from abortion. Okay. When, was that, um, I guess, kind of alluding to what you mentioned, this is the first direct challenge to Roe v. Wade. Was there a close case that kind of we were all looking at as like, oh, this might be it? Was there something like that? Yeah, so in 1992, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, this was about uh, a series of abortion restrictions related to spousal notice, waiting periods. So that was a case in which commentators believed that Mm. the fact that we had supposedly uh, a majority of dedicated constitutionalists, it was believed that they were going to overturn the case. And sure enough, right uh, overturn Roe, right after the oral argument, they actually did have a majority that was willing to overturn Roe, mm-hmm. but then Justice Kennedy worked in some, you know, backdoor deals, uh, behind closed doors deals with the liberal justices, and agreed to uh, uphold Roe v. Wade's central holding, which mm-hmm. their central holding is that there's a right to have an abortion, but a state has a right to protect life, and that right o- outweighs the woman's right but only at viability. And oh. that's why in the Stops case, they're asking, we, we still agree with that scheme, but should it be viability or mm-hmm. should a state have a constitutional right to protect the preborn before viability? And according to this law in uh, Mississippi, it, the, they stated at 15 weeks, right, was when... Right? That's right. So any law that, was, that would... Uh, Restrict abortion access before 24 weeks today mm-hmm. would be directly violative of Roe v. Wade. So theirs was just more modest going after 15-week uh, uh, standard as opposed to a conception or a heartbeat standard mm-hmm. or the 20th week standard, which is correlated with when a, a preborn human supposedly feels pain for the first time. So there's all types of laws. I mean, but but for those of us in the pro-life movement who see us as fundamentally fighting for the equality of the preborn, the fertilization standard is the only one that makes sense. Sure. Because why why would it be that once a human develops a heartbeat or once a human develops the capacity to feel pain, that then they're deserving of equal protection? If we believe in equality, that means all humans, regardless of any ability or age or location, Mm -hmm. uh, would be deserving of equal rights. True. So, you know, I just have an interesting question. So I know that obviously there's been other laws that uh, states have put into place that a, a, um, a lesser court was able to say, no, that's that's not going to stand. We're not going to fly. That, that law can't be a law. So why is it that this law made it all the way to the Supreme Court then? Yeah, so, uh, you know, many uh, legal commentators, they prognosticate, they try to figure out what, why this is. Um, my my best sense uh, from everything I've read is that there's simply never been a better time mm-hmm. based on the fact that we have a majority of constitutionalists who are dedicated to interpreting the Constitution as it was written and as it was intended, as opposed to, you know, we'll say uh, more judicial activists who just make the law say whatever they want it to say. Mm-hmm. But even more so in terms of the timing, I would argue that it's because it was so early in the political cycle. Mm -hmm. So there have been a lot of commentators who've suggested there's never been a better time because it isn't bumping up against a presidential election or the midterms. So there's a greatest opportunity for, let's say, tempers to stop flaring by the time the next political cycle starts. 
Um, I, you know, we're really just trying to read tea leaves as sure. to why they're doing what they're doing. But I mean, I think the fact that Amy Coney Barrett, uh, Justice Amy Coney Barrett is on the bench, and I would not be surprised if she is the biggest supporter of the effort to overturn Roe, based on what she's written, based on how level-headed she is, the questions she asked during the Dobbs hearing. Um, yeah, I, who's to say, but I, I have a real strong feeling that uh, Justice Barrett is right up there with uh, Justices Alito and Thomas mm -hmm. as fierce defenders of equality and a correct interpretation of the Constitution. Well, and I think a lot of um, people on the other side would say that she's just speaking her Catholic belief. Um, oh, but, it, yeah. but it seems to me <laughs> she's very well educated and she is a constitutionalist. Um, and she's actually trying to interpret according to what the Constitution says. Would, would you agree? Yes. Absolutely. And I don't know about you all. When she uh, held up that blank pad when they asked her during oh, yeah. her confirmation hearings if she was writing notes or if she had prepared to compare that to Justice Kavanaugh, which, I mean, I would have had even more notes than he did, but he mm -hmm. had this like battle station set up with all of his notes mm -hmm. and all of his books, and he was ready to refer to all of it. And here she sat with nothing, just a blank pad. I mean, if if you weren't intimidated yeah. by that intellectual display, I mean, I get goosebumps <laughs> just thinking about it. I mean, she might be one of the most impressive uh impressive thinkers, people I've ever seen. And the fact that she came from Notre Dame, she didn't go through the traditional Ivy League route. I mean, I think it was just great vindication for alternative modes of, you know, education and not just sticking to the, you know, the same bubble that everybody else has come from. Sure, sure. Um, so, and interestingly enough, so we're, so we're, we're talking about um, that this could be the case that overturns Roe. So how could this overturn Roe? I mean, they could just say, oh, well, according to the Constitution, this particular law is is okay for Mississippi, right? But how could this actually overturn the whole, the whole thing? Sure. Uh, so Roe's central holding, and this was something that was discussed in Casey, and again, this Dobbs, uh, Dobbs case, they put it at the heart of the issue. The central holding is, is, is this simple balance of rights, right? Mm -hmm. So Roe, Roe decided that a woman has a right to have an abortion in, in a vacuum, right? Based on their understanding of the 14th Amendment and based on the profound problems that were facing pregnant women at the time. And this is something that Justice Barrett actually alluded to during the oral argument, mm -hmm. that at the time, women were fired for becoming pregnant out of wedlock. They lost their apartments. There were all kinds of forms of di discrimination that they faced. Mm -hmm. So the court figured out that these women deserve a liberty right to be able to live their lives free from this kind of discrimination. So that's, that's the first issue. Mm -hmm. But then the second issue was a state has a right to restrict our fundamental rights when there's a compelling interest to do so. So they just had to figure out at what point does the state's right basically supersede the woman's right. Since they set it at viability, no law can move forward that restricts abortion before viability without eradicating Roe. So there, there's just, okay. you know, Roe as it stands, because it's set at viability, it needs to either be updated or eliminated in order mm -hmm. for Mississippi's law to, to be upheld. So Sheriff uh, Gurgis, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, he's a law professor from Notre Dame, and he's written many pieces on this, how there really is no third path. 
they will either uphold this this uh, Mississippi law and overturn or modify Roe, or they will overturn the the Mississippi law and uphold Roe v. Wade. So there really is just no third approach. Um, okay. It's simply they could update Roe so they could say actually it should be the 15th week or they could update it to a fertilization standard or they could overturn it entirely, which is what the justices, in my opinion, signaled during the oral arguments. They were talking more about how Roe was wrongly decided and that it could be overturned simply because it was wrong. Okay, so we actually need to take a break. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about there. So let's take a couple of minutes, and when we come back, we'll come back with Steve Jacobs and talk some more about the hope that we see in overturning Roe versus Wade. As you think about year-end contributions, we at Catholic Charities thank you for considering a donation. 100% of every donation goes directly to our charitable work. Every donation allows us to continue to offer programs and services that affirm, strengthen, and empower those we serve as they work toward becoming self-sufficient. We are financially independent from the Archdiocese of Chicago, and we are proud of our Platinum Guide Star rating as a nonprofit. For more than 100 years, Catholic Charities has been helping homeless, hungry, and troubled neighbors in Cook and Lake counties. We would be honored to have your support in our 2021 year-end appeal. Visit catholiccharities.net to donate or call 312-948-6087. The number again is 312-948-6087. Thank you for being partners with us in the mission of Catholic Charities. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it's, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. At Catholic Charities, we fight hunger in Chicago throughout the year. Our six regional offices in Cook and Lake Counties work together to offer sit-down and to-go meals to anyone in need. We deliver meals to those who are homebound, and our eight food pantries offer three to four days of food supplies based on household size. Participants in these programs have the opportunity to learn about other Catholic charity services that strengthen individuals, families, and their communities. The challenges for those dealing with food insecurity are especially great during the winter months. To learn how you can help those who are hungry in your neighborhood, Visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7525 
That's 312-655-7525. Thank you for your generosity. I believe in the risen one. I believe I overcome by the power of his blood. Amen. Welcome back to Fully Alive, the radio program of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity at the Archdiocese of Chicago. You are listening to your host, Dawn and Ray, from Respect Life Ministries at the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity. And we are talking with Steve Jacobs, who is the program director at Illinois Right to Life, about the potential of Roe versus Wade yeah. being overturned. Um, and Ray, you had a point you wanted yeah, to make. Yeah, Steve, again, we want to thank you for joining us here. This is a great conversation. As I mentioned uh, b- before, that uh, I was at... Um, I was at a conference last Saturday with teenagers, and they were asking all these questions. And I had to be honest with them because, I mean, this is I might have to bring this to confession or to my uh, <laughs> spiritual direction. But I'm like, I never thought this would ever happen in my lifetime. I'm just being yeah. honest. I never yeah. thought it would. And there's a piece of me, and again, this might need to, you know, <laughs> I need to heal from this, but I, I'm doubtful. And it That's sounds, okay. and I, it sounds like you're very confident, but I, I'm, you know, we're a people of hope. I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. Uh, but you sound very confident. Why are you confident, and where does that coming from? <laughs> I mean, and, and again, you, you, you're the expert in this. You know what's going on behind the scenes. So yeah, why are you confident? Is this gonna happen? <laughs> so th- this is what I'll what I'll share. So. Uh, uh, Professor Adrian Vermeule from Harvard, uh, he has written a lot recently about, I believe he calls it the poverty of uh, expectations or political expectations, right? It's it's hard for us when we've grown up with something and it's been such a big part of our lives for so long. The, yeah, the thought yeah. of that going away, it, it almost feels impossible, right? Mm-hmm. So we've lived under Roe v. Wade, most of us for our entire lives. And the thought that that could just somehow go away one day, especially when we've been burned in the past, especially Mm -hmm. when, as you brought up the Casey case in 1992, everyone thought that was locked up for months. Mm -hmm. So uh, obviously I cannot make any guarantees. All all I can share is what my experience in this case has been and explain why, in my opinion, I, I actually do not have a scintilla of doubt. There's not one doubt in my mind. I've joked in other uh, broadcasts that the only way that it wouldn't get overturned is if there was literally something extra judicial such that somebody got to a family member of one of the justices, that it's something personal that actually changes things, uh, but not from a legal perspective. Mm. I think that uh, taking you back a little bit, so... Illinois Right to Life, I I actually worked with the Thomas More Society on a brief Mm -hmm. to encourage the court to take this case. So we actually did multiple briefs. We did it at the first stage, which encouraged the court to take the case. Mm -hmm. Then we joined all the other briefers and encouraging them to overturn Roe. But when we encouraged them to take the case, we were one of only eight briefs throughout the country, and nobody thought that the court would take that case. And this was in June of 2020. 
Now, what typically happens is the Supreme Court will meet on a Friday to discuss petitions to hear cases, right? So mm -hmm. these are called uh, uh, certiori uh, petitions. Now, what they typically do is by Monday, they announce whether or not they're going to take that case. Mm -hmm. So in the fall of 2020, I waited on the Monday morning after they were going to uh, decide whether or not they were going to hear the case. And on Monday, they said, we're actually going to delay it till next Friday. So, so I'm like, okay, they're just delaying it one time. This proceeded to happen from September of 2020 to May 17th of 2021. Oh, yes. It was the second most that the court has ever delayed agreeing to hear a case. So, I mean, and I, I wow. just got goosebumps just saying that, right? Yeah. What did that mean? They were already debating whether or not they wanted to overturn Roe before they even agreed to hear the case. Mm -hmm. So you only need four justices to agree to hear a case, and you need five to, to rule uh, in a certain way, right, to overturn a precedent. So what I think happened was they were literally already debating it, mm -hmm. and they would not have taken this case if they didn't have the votes to overturn it because those four, wow. you know, those yeah. four to five or four to six uh, Supreme Court justices who want to overturn Roe, they would have never agreed to hear it because if they agreed to hear it and they didn't overturn it, if they upheld it once again, I mean, it would seal our fate for 50, if not 100 years. It, mm. it would become so difficult to overturn a case that had already been re-examined multiple times right, yeah. and still wasn't overturned, especially with all we know now. Yeah. So th this, you know, what what has oh. transpired over the last 50 years, there is a bulletproof case to overturn Roe yeah. from a legal, from a constitutional perspective. It's an absolutely bulletproof case. So well, they still have to hear it, though, to, right? They, st I mean, they still have to be open to to what the other side is going to say and listen to yeah. the facts that they're going to present. I mean, so I mean, there's always that potential. Um, sure. and, and then you also mentioned something personal could could affect one of them. I know there's conjecture. That when this uh, when Roe versus Wade finally became law, there were justices who had family members working at Planned Parenthood that were like, "Come on, Dad, you got to do this, right?" <laughs> I mean, that's conjecture, I would think, but um, is that the kind of personal thing you're talking about? I think at, at the at a minimum. So I think mm -hmm. that's going to happen regardless. Right. And yeah. sure enough, uh, in a lot of the books about Roe v. Wade, in the recent film Roe v. Wade, they they right. touched on this. Yeah, there was tremendous pressure from the justices, wives, daughters, nieces, yes. granddaughters. I mean, we're human, right? Mm -hmm. And it's hard enough for us to talk about our beliefs over the Thanksgiving or Christmas table, uh, let alone these justices who are literally deciding the fate of their family members as well as hundreds of millions of Americans. Sure. But I mean, I, I hate to say this, I, and I don't want to call any evil on it, but I, I was outside the Supreme Court when uh, Senator Chuck Schumer threatened two sitting Supreme Court justices. He said that they were going to come after Justices Kavanaugh and Gorsuch if they touched Roe v. Wade. And we, we saw a senator a couple weeks ago say that there's going to be riots in the street and that they're they're begging for a revolution. So I don't put anything past anybody in yeah. this cold this civil really war we're, we're living in. So, I mean, I just, you never know how somebody threatens a family member and says they'll expose what their crime is. And again, that's just conjecture, but yeah. I, I'm just saying, if, if, if something happens and they don't overturn Roe v. Wade, that's what I'm going to reason. Mm, that's okay. how I'm going to understand it, 
is that they're just humans. This is such a big issue. And simply put, we didn't have a big enough majority to inoculate ourselves from that kind of extrajudicial, you know, yeah. uh, bad behavior. Okay, so we only have a couple more minutes. So there's two more things I want to ask you. One is there's been a lot of um, thought that this would be June before we know the outcome of this. So why is what are they doing between now and June would be um, a big question. And then the second thing is what can everybody who is sitting here watching this or listening to this, what can we all do um, in the meantime? Okay, start with the second question first. Pray, Mm -hmm. pray, 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 pray. So if you wouldn't mind just keeping those justices in your hearts and minds and your souls and not not praying for any particular outcome, that's that's not how I see prayer. Mm -hmm. I I see it as just humbling ourselves to his will and and just being clear about what the desires of our hearts are based Mm -hmm. on what Mm -hmm. we think you know, God would want based on, uh, you know, the scripture and based on our understanding of, of God and Christianity. So um, I think the biggest thing is to just pray. If you, if anything ever gets on your heart, if it's protesting outside of an abortion clinic, if it's going to a march, writing an opinion piece, submitting a letter to the editor for a publication, you never know how you can one day affect either a justice or one of their clerks. Right. So I, I think to whatever extent you can, you know, move forward. Uh, as to your uh, first question, could you remind me just quickly? Yeah. So what's going on between now and June? Why, why would oh, it right, take yes. that long? What are they doing? Yeah. And so we don't actually know that it'll take that long. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there at least exists some possibility that they're going to try to do a quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. So uh, and especially because they spent months deliberating on whether or not to take the case, they might have already been writing the opinions, so they might actually be ready to to do a decision in the next couple months. Now, the reason why they typically take that long is there's a series of steps where uh, whoever the justice who's going to write the opinion, they circulate the first draft opinion for all of the justices to consider. And like in Roe v. Wade, there were three different drafts. The first one found that there should be no right to an abortion. The second one found that the right should only exist in the first trimester, and then eventually it went to viability. So it's just a long process of allowing justices to write their dissents, their concurring opinions, whatever they decide to do in this case. But I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw a quick turnaround, I, especially maybe the cold winter months where there wouldn't be as many protests or as many riots, given what happened last summer. Right. Uh, who's to say? Of course, we know a very important uh, march slash protest that's very peaceful that's happening in January, and Ray and I are going to talk about that after the break. So, um, all right. With that in mind, it's time for us to to break, and we'd like to thank you, Steve, Thanks, for Steve. coming and covering this with us. It was very insightful and uh, everybody pray 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 um, and we'll say <laughs> and we'll see you in a couple of minutes after the break thank you steve pleasure was all mine thank you mm-hmm. i heard mercy call my name the sun away
ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeteryschicago.org. Catholic cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Thanks for hanging with us through the break at, on the Folio Live radio program. I'm Don Fitzpatrick, and along with Ray Pingoy, we're your hosts this, this morning or whatever day you're watching us. <laughs> um, and we just had a fascinating conversation, didn't we, Ray? Yes, we did. And if, uh, if you missed it, go ahead and rewind because this is that was great with, uh, with Steve. Yeah, Steve Jacobs from Illinois Right to Life, um, he really gave us a good uh, kind of vision of what's going on at the Supreme Court and why it's so important. Um, and that this could effectively change the face of our pro-life fight for sure. 
um, at least nationally. And here I thought, you know, uh, when he mentioned it kind of started with, with the whole 2020, I, here I thought nothing good ever come or came, came from, from 2020. 2020. <laughs> here we are, right? <laughs> Happy That's New Year, right. everyone. 2022, right, right, here we are. Right, right, right. <laughs> so um, anyway, yeah, here we are in 2022. Yes, yeah. And uh, what, what an amazing thing that could happen this year. It's historic. I, again, I, and I mentioned this during uh, uh, our time with Steve. I never thought that it would happen during my lifetime. It was mm-hmm. a nice thought that Roe v. Wade would be overturned. That's it, a nice thought. Sure. We continue to pray, of course, uh, but never thought that it would happen during my lifetime. Well, you know, and I think one of the, the interesting things that he brought up that we didn't get to delve into too deeply is um, the fact that one of the reasons or some of the arguments that were made back in 1973 was that um, unplanned pregnancy or unsupported pregnancy was so harmful to women for a lot of reasons in 1973, whether they would automatically lose their job or they were kicked out of their apartments, they were kicked out of their houses. Um, There was, what could they do once that baby was born? There was nobody to take care of them. I think, and one of the things that came up on the December 1st in the arguments, um, Amy Coney Barrett actually said, well, you know, a lot of states have safe haven laws, mm, yeah. um, which we have here in Illinois. And what that means is for any reason during, you know, a sort of specified amount of time in that baby's early life, uh, the woman can walk into a hospital or a firehouse or a police station and just say, I can't take this baby and hand it over and no questions are asked and she can walk away. So that was a point that Amy Coney Barrett was making mm-hmm. was – if that can happen, then why do we ha- why does that woman have to worry that her life could change so drastically just because she brought a child into the world? Right. Um, the other thing is there's so much that has happened since then to ensure that women are not fired because they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. And you can't discriminate, <coughs> excuse me, um, against a woman for those reasons, not to mention the literal thousands of pregnancy centers, that we've all opened and worked with over the years to ensure that women have the support they need, the love they right. need, the education they need, the uh, baby items, right. um, health care, whatever, for absolutely support nothing. Support is there, right? yeah. I mean, we, we spend a lot of our time, Ray, in our respect life roles, don't we, yeah. taking care of these pregnancy centers and helping point women in their direction so that they know they have, truly have options and if you're if you really are pro-choice, there's a lot of choices, right? Right, and a, so. and a real option of uh, keeping the baby and respecting life. And yeah, as you mentioned, 1973 was a completely <laughs> different time. It was comparing to now, and I'm not even uh, well. Let's talk about you know the advancement of technology, the advancement of of science. Science really, truly is on our side with this, uh, uh, especially with the evidence that life really life is there. The unborn, that unborn child deserves that right to life. Absolutely. And so what we're talking about is denying a person their life, right? Yeah. And here in Illinois, a baby does has no humanity until they're born, according to the law. So, you know, that actually brings up another important point. Sorry, I'm choking here. <laughs> She's <coughs> okay. Up. She's okay, everyone. Ah. She's just coughing. Yeah. Anyway, um, it brings up another important point. Um, and that is what happens if Roe versus Wade yes. is overturned? Yeah, yeah. Does that mean abortion goes away? What do you think, Ray? <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, 
abortion does not go away. This is a federal law. We still have to go with the, the whole state law as well. It kind of right. points to the states to have them decide. And unfortunately, our our state here in Illinois will be a hub for abortions. Yes. And and when why do you say that? Maybe you can just outline that a little bit. Yeah, cuz I mean not not just also to not to mention also the you know the uh the abortion mentality that's seeped into our culture now. Uh but really a lot of uh, surrounding states will be you know traveling a lot, a lot of these uh um, abortions that's that's were happening there will be um, they'll be heading towards Illinois and we'll have this this up yes yeah. our our state just is set up that way well and in the past in the past few years in the there's past been few some, years um, some laws passed that were anticipating that something like this could happen yeah which has basically codified in our, our laws that abortion's legal up until the moment of birth um, <clears throat> there's even some conjecture. I've recently seen there's some suggestion that um, in this next, um, you know, legislative session, they're going to put forth um, some suggestions that other healthcare professionals besides doctors could perform abortions. There also is uh, in our law, there's no requirements for an abortion facility to right. be inspected or um, to have a license. And now you can actually have an abortion as a 12-year-old, and your parents don't have to know about it, thanks to uh, our legislature. And we have to pay for abortions in our uh, tax dollars through Medicaid. So a a young girl could come over the state lines, um, claim that she is indigent or that she needs um, to have this covered, and we'll be paying for abortions for young girls from other states and their parents won't know about it. So that's unfortunately what's coming forth here in Illinois, um, whether or not whether or not Roe versus Wade is overturned. So our work is not going to be done. That's an important point, right, Ray? Right. And uh, I guess after the break, we, let's talk about what we can do. I, mm-hmm. I mean, just around the corner, we have the March for Life Chicago, which is growing, of course, as the Midwest March. Yes, absolutely. And so incidentally... If you're watching us um, as we're as this airs live um, in January, it's this this next weekend is yes, our March for Life Chicago on Saturday, January eighth, and uh, there's a convention down at the Hilton on, on South uh, South Michigan. South Michigan I think Avenue. It's seven twenty South Michigan Avenue, right? That's right? Correct. That's right. And uh, that convention's open. Op- the, it begins at nine o'clock in the morning. We also have a youth rally going on there at nine o'clock in the morning. So anyway, let's talk some more about that after the break. So let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk some more about what people can do.
Catholic Charities in Lake County provides a comprehensive range of social services supporting individuals, families, and older adults. These include crisis assistance, shelter, clothing, family support, counseling, legal assistance, primary health care, and specialized services for seniors and veterans. Grab-and-go meals and food pantries help those who are experiencing food insecurity. Plus, we have a diaper depot to support low-income families and their infants. If we can assist you or someone you know, please call Catholic Charities of Lake County at 847-782-4000. That's 847-782-4000. I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Catholic Charities, we fight hunger in Chicago throughout the year. Our six regional offices in Cook and Lake Counties work together to offer sit-down and to-go meals to anyone in need. We deliver meals to those who are homebound, and our eight food pantries offer three to four days of food supplies based on household size. Participants in these programs have the opportunity to learn about other Catholic charity services that strengthen individuals, families, and their communities. The challenges for those dealing with food insecurity are especially great during the winter months. To learn how you can help those who are hungry in your neighborhood, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7525. That's 312-655-7525. Thank you for your generosity. I believe in the sun. I believe in the risen one. I believe I overcome by the power of his blood. Welcome back to Fully Alive, the radio program of the Archdiocese of Chicago's Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity. And you're listening to Dawn and Ray. We are talking about uh, the potential of Roe versus Wade being overturned and some things that we're doing here in Chicago and beyond. Um, and I think I'm over my coughing fit. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. You know, um, I always wondered what would happen to a television anchor if something like that happened, all of a sudden they were overcome by coughing. I've never <laughs> seen it happen to them. Have you? No, I have not. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, we are a much um, much smaller show than the television shows. But anyway, here we are. So we were just starting to talk about uh, the, the fact that this coming weekend is the March for Life in Chicago, which 
has become the March of the Midwest. I know for several years I was uh, managing that as the president of the board of directors. Uh, I'm no longer in that role, but we dignify this very handily taking it to the next level. And this is our second time having a big convention. Um, This year the convention is at the Hilton at 720 South Michigan Avenue. Um, It opens Saturday morning at 9, and we have a youth rally that we're holding um, that the doors open at 8. So in order to uh, be a part of the youth rally or the convention, you need to sign up for the convention and get a wristband. They'll send it to you. Um, And if if at this point you don't have one, then they'll at least set it aside for you. So that's an important step to take. But you also need to register for the youth rally and the youth rally itself is a $15 um, charge because we do have to cover our costs. So we're asking um, that you can either sign up at what here, what, what you see, it will direct you to sign up for the youth rally. Or you can also go to our website, our website yeah. which is respectlifechicago.org. And under events, you'll see all the information about the March for Life Chicago, the convention, and the youth rally. So um, the youth rally is going to be very exciting. We have... Uh, Mark and Abby Dufresne coming to be our praise and worship leader, and Steve Jacobs incidentally is going to be there. He's oh, going to yes. he's going to do a keynote for us. So um, you heard a little bit about him earlier. That would be a great thing to come see some more. I'm sure he'll have a lot more information for everybody, and he'll certainly encourage the young people to uh, to be pro life and to be excited and that we're living in this wonderful, interesting yeah. time. Um, and it's just it's just such an exciting time to be pro-life. So we ask um, that everybody join us at the March for Life Chicago. Now, the march itself starts at 1, mm-hmm. um, and there's a number of speakers, at, and it's going to be at the Federal Plaza this year. And then they will, once the talks are done, walk around down to Michigan Avenue and down to the convention. Um, and then Back we, to have, the hotel. Yeah. we have Mass at the Hotel mass at 4. Life. That's right. Um, and the Mass for Life will be celebrated by Bishop Artosic. And I just learned yesterday that, that Bishop yeah. Perry is going to join us, too. Two bishops. Yeah, so we have two bishops. <laughs> and that's, so that's very exciting, along mm-hmm. with um, some priests. And, uh, and and there's one great deacon that I know is going to be there, too. Uh, he, she's talking about her husband, of course, mm-hmm. Deacon Michael Fitzpatrick. Yes, so he will be there also. And, and, t- and I will be also speaking with um, Diaconia, the... Uh, the diaconate radio program mm-hmm. and encouraging other deacons to come. So hopefully we'll have a number of deacons as well. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Don mentioned, uh, we start with the youth rally early in the morning. It is not too late to register. You may think it is, but no, no, no. It is not too late to register. Go ahead and visit our website at uh, respectlifechicago.org and uh, check out that events tab there and uh, sign up. Register. Sign up, absolutely. So we encourage all of you to come. Something else that's going on that's so important is the March in Washington. That's right, yes. I mean, this has been going on since 1973. Mm-hmm. And every year the March has been stronger and prouder, and um, I would say it gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. But, you know, Jeannie Mancini, who is the president of the March for Life, um, the, the National March for Life, has has said that she thinks we have this has the potential of being the largest march ever because – we're so encouraged there's it really makes such a difference that we're there and the whole point is you take this long march and you end up at the supreme court steps to make your presence known and your opinion known 
Yeah, and then this is, uh, as uh, Steve mentioned, uh, we need to pray. This will be a, a great time to join hundreds, if not thousands, of course, of uh, pro-lifers that, uh, that's <laughs> praying the, the same prayer that you're praying uh, on the steps of a uh, Supreme Court. So historic time and we invite everyone again we're we're uh, we're leading a bus uh, bus load over to washington dc this year young adults and uh, many parishioners will be joining us so pray for us as we head over there if you are inclined or you feel called to to be with us to uh, to be present there uh, give us a call let us know at 312-534-5355 let us know we may have a spot still for you yes and so um so this is a, an adult and young adult trip this year yeah. so if you if you have young people that want to come the parents just have to join them right <laughs> so please join us uh, as i mentioned it's not too late yet uh, head over to our website check it out there's a lot of information there you uh can reserve your hotel uh on our website as well and um hopefully we'll still have seats for you so go ahead and give us a call let us know and we'll let you know if we do have some seats left on the bus. Absolutely. And so meanwhile, as we indicated, the uh, the need to take care of women is still as strong, yeah. <laughs> strong as it ever has been. So we're also going to be working to get more and more awareness in the parish. <coughs> Sorry, through our through our Walking with Moms in Need program. Yeah. So you want to talk about that for a second, Ray? Yes, the Walking with Moms in Need, uh, as Don has mentioned, we need to uh, to really encourage that in, in, in different parishes. Really, the, the way I understand it is is we need to uh, we need to accompany these women. We need to let them know that there is there are many resources out there to help them with an unplanned pregnancy. Uh, so in, instead of in a sense, instead of uh, just giving them a brochure and say, "Hey, uh, be pro-life," no, keep the keep the life within you. Uh, you know, instead of being that, we're inviting all uh, of our uh, respect life folks to truly, sincerely walk with moms that are are in need of their help, are in need of of that uh, companion. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're we're uh, training a lot of these people within parishes. We'll have some bases in in uh, these beautiful parishes too. To be a hub. Well, and it's also just that, that to help a woman in need in any situation. Right. Uh, certainly we want to take care of the, uh, the the woman with the unplanned pregnancy, but also a woman who's a single mom or she's in a domestic uh, violence situation or she needs to feed her children. Any, any of those situations. Of course, yes. <laughs> we are there to help. <coughs> we are there to help them. Uh, so get more information about that, uh, again, on our websites, uh, respectlifechicago.org, Walking with Moms in Need. Walking with Moms in Need, absolutely. All right. So um, in addition, there's just, you know, now's a great time. If your parish does not have an act- active Respect Life ministry, give us a call. We'd love to help you get that started. Maybe you're somebody who would be great to lead that. Talk to your pastor find out what's going on maybe um there's you you could you know decide to lead up this walking with moms in need opportunity or even just get some other ministries in your parish working on this together that's um that's something that you could do very yeah. easily so yeah. as we mentioned already you know uh this we pray and and let's claim it so let's claim it in in Jesus name that this Roe v Wade be overturned 
this unjust uh, law of the land right now that they'll be overturned. And uh, as mentioned before in, on our on our podcast on our, this radio show, that e- even if and when let's say when that is overturned, abortion is not going away. Right. So uh, let's continue to pray. Let's continue to to be witnesses and also make sure that we're out there journeying with these women that are faced with a difficult a difficult decision. Sure. And you know that really the people th- seem to think that. If you're pro-life, that means you're only pro-birth, yeah. which couldn't be further from the truth. We do, a, a, like I said, there's mo- thousands of pregnancy centers that want to walk with women, help them through every stage. Um, so, so let's let's publicize that. Let's right. help everyone to understand um, pro-life is from conception and natural death. The, the true invitation to that fullness of life. Absolutely. Yes. Well, thank you all for being with us on Fully Alive. Thanks to Steve Jacobs for the very, very educational conversation we had with him the first half of this show. And we hope to see you at the marches in a few days and on the 21st of January in Washington. And other than that, we will see you in February. God bless. God bless. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media. 